What's up, guys? I hope everybody had a great day or is having a great day. I just want to make this intro about the Aftershock Festival that the tickets went on sale today. I'll give you guys the headliners and I will be on my merry way. Hey, that rhymed. Okay, here we go. Thursday, you got Slipknot as the headliner. Friday, you got Kiss as the headliner. Saturday, you got My Chemical Romance as the headliner. And to close out the whole thing, you got Foo Fighters as the headliner. Tickets went on sale today. I'm pretty sure you could get them at Aftershock.com. Not pretty sure. I'm absolutely sure I should have said that. Guys, if you want to go to this, I uh, would make plans like as of yesterday because th these tickets will sell out fast. Trust me. The lineup is great. I, w I don't want to go through all of it because it's a lot. But the lineups are great for each day. Have a great day, guys. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Deuces. Remember to follow me on Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram and PITM underscore official on Twitter. Alright, guys. Later. What up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 43 of the Punch in the Mouth MMA podcast, where we see the MMA landscape through my eyes. Let's get right into it. Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. What a crazy fight, man. I had thought Johnny was going to... This is just my opinion. Again, Jamal, if you hear this, don't get upset. I thought Johnny was going to beat him. Because of the way he fought in the Dos Santos fight. And how he didn't get knocked out. Not Dos Santos, Tiago Santos, my bad. I'm like, why doesn't that sound right in my head? So the Tiago Santos fight. And Johnny played very um, defensively. And I'm like, he's going to play like this with Jamal. And he's going to end up catching him later. Boy, was I wrong. I was so wrong. So what happens now is Jamal is in the top 10. We'll get into that later because I've noticed when I do the matchmaking segment, I do the guys that fought last weekend when I'm talking about these fights. So moving forward with this show, I'm going to do all the wannabe matchmaking at the end of the show, including the fights that just happened. So. Let's hold our horses. We'll get to what's next for Jamal and Johnny. Let's see who else fought. Because I cannot remember off the top of my head. But I do have it open. Kyle Dacus beats Jeremy Pickett by Darsh Choke. It's funny too because he says he has more Darsh Choke wins than... um. 
Tony Ferguson. So he's like, I want to be the Darce Knight. Tony Ferguson can't be the Darce Knight anymore because I have more wins. Um, Jim Miller beats Nicolas Mota by, by TKO. What a legend. Joaquin Buckley beats Abdul Razak Hassan. How Hassan? I'm like, why didn't that sound by split decision, the big story on that was that he had that cop guy that does those self-defense videos that nobody believes work. I forgot the dude's name. But then, like, afterwards, the only thing I, I didn't like is that he goes, he's like, I knew having him in my corner would create buzz. I'm like, so did you really want him there or were you just there because it created buzz and gave hype to your fight? He said something along those lines. So, I don't know about all that. Yeah, and then Stephanie Eager or Eager beats Jessica Rose Clark. I didn't see the prelims. I was doing something else. But the Johnny Walker fight First of all, I'm glad Johnny Walker's okay because the ridicule that guy is getting online because of the way he fell, stop it. It is not necessary. Can you guys please stop? I want to make something very clear. Johnny Walker will murk any one of us that are talking this back. He'll murk me. He'll murk anybody listening to this show. That's right, Gallo. I'm talking to you. I say you because I know you listen every week. Can I tell you guys something? His brother, this guy I'm talking about, his brother, he always tells me, give me a shout out, bro. And I tell him, why? You don't even listen to my show. He's like, E, you got me. It's because I was going to listen to it, but I fell asleep. I'm like, really, bro? He goes, yeah, bro, but give me a shout out. Tell him, tell him I train Hamzat. Tell them I train all the good guys, like all the dudes that are doing good. I train those who, without my instruction, they wouldn't be where they're at today. And I tell them, bro, how is that true if half these guys are older than you? Bro, I've been teaching them straight out the womb. That's what that guy tells me. Not Gallo, but his brother. His brother. I'm not going to say his name because he doesn't even listen to this. I'm going to guarantee you he's not going to listen to this. And then he, this guy I'm talking about. What's up? Hey, this fool was talking about you, dog. Shout out to Gallo. Anyway, Johnny Walker would murk any one of us, bro. So the ridicule he's getting online is like the same thing with Curtis Blades. Like, dude, are you serious? Like, after he got knocked out by Derek Lewis, some dude FaceTimed him saying, Hey, he knocked your ass out. Like, really, dude? Really? How about... Derek Lewis does that to you. Can I ridicule you? How about Jamal Hill goes in there and knocks you out? Do I have all the rights to ridicule you? No, I don't. First and foremost, Johnny, I'm glad you're okay. If you somehow hear this, thanks. You're Good thing you're okay, thanks. I was going to say thank God. I think that's what I was going to say. But yeah, man, 
Like, like it's funny to me, bro, because since the internet came out, we got a lot of tough guys. We got a lot of tough guys. And, it, like, one dude was heckling Paul Felder, and he goes, say it to my face, and the dude straight out said, no, because you'll beat my ass. Let's move on to this weekend's year. Oh, no, let's do Bellator. Okay. So, this past weekend. That's this weekend, Adrian. This past weekend, Neem Gracie fought Logan Storley. What a crazy fight. Two grapplers. It turned into a stand-up war. And it's funny because Neem Gracie started fainting like Nate Diaz. Were they, like, try to go forward and push their two arms out? It was hilarious. I'm like, we got a we got a fucking Neam Diaz here. I thought he was Neam Gracie. There's Neam Diaz right there because he was even sort of punching like Nick and Nate. It was really cool to see. So Logan sorely beats Neam Gracie. Andre Korshkov went straight savagery mode and broke five of chance. Recountry's ribs. Adam Piccolati beats Georgie Kanahayan. Unanimous decision. The return of Brendan, the Irish hand grenade ward, defeats Brendan Bell. That fight was straight up savagery. That was a one sided pounding by Brendan Ward, bro. The stuff that guy's been through, I hope he can make a run at the title. He, I think he's about 35. If it's going to be any time, it has to be now. And then Davidson Franklin beats Saeed Sa- Salma. Salma. Crazy fights, man. I'm really, I'm really going to keep an eye out on Brendan Ward, see what he does. If you guys don't know his story, man, go Google. I can tell you, I'll give you a brief, so... He, he got really addicted to drugs while he was fighting. And you could see it in his past performances that it wasn't the Brennan War. The fans came to knew he fought Paul Daly. Paul Daly ended up catching him with a flying knee. That Through that time, they're saying that's when his drug use was the worst. So good to see Brennan back in fighting shape. He's even still doing his day, to, his day job, man. I am he's some kind of construction worker. I saw it on his Instagram. I should reach out to him. If there's any feel good story in MMA, Brendan Ward would be one of them. You you can't help but root for that guy. He's got a daughter that he says that his daughter changed his life. Can't wait to see what he does next. Give him a top ten guy. Give him a top ten guy. At 170. You know who you should give him? You should give him. Give him. Not Neam. Because Neam was number four. And then Logan just beat him. So give him the number eight guy. I don't have it right in front of me. But I'll look at it when we do the matchmaking. Bellator is hard, right? Because, like, the pull is so shallow. Like, you can't really... You're gonna go, okay, this guy... 
this guy. Like, you knowing the wins and losses and where fighters stand in Bellator, you could kind of tell where the matchmakers are going to put them. Case in point, Douglas Lima. He lost to both MVP and Omoslav Yagoslav. So now he's going to fight Jason Jackson. So we'll see, man. Let's go to this weekend. This weekend. I cannot wait. Gegard Musasi will defend his title against Austin Vanderford. Um, quick reminder, it is in Ireland, so I believe the fights are going to be on at 1 p.m. tomorrow here in California, so 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 1 p.m. on the West Coast. I say 1 p.m. because I live on the West Coast. Um, Liam McCord's going to fight Sinead Kavanaugh. And then Hassan Magomesh Repop is going to fight Jose Sanchez. I believe Hassan Magomesh Repop is Zabit Magomesh Repop's brother. So there's that. This is a big deal for Austin, right? If he wins, he gets because the it's not that it's a problem, but the matter the fact of the matter is that Austin was always just viewed as Paige Van Zandt's husband, and never given credit for his fighting ability. And like he even ran with it because he would even call himself Mister Van Zandt, which, bro, wrong with it. It's cool, but if he wins this fight, Gegard Musasi's a legend. Okay, you want to know his record? He's like forty six and eight. Or something like that. He's 48 and 7. He lost to Rafael Lobato Jr. He lost to Talis Ladies. Oh no, Uriah Hall. He lost to Ronaldo Souza. He lost to Leota Machida. He lost to Mohamed Lawal. He lost to Petres Marco Messias. I don't know who that is. That was his first loss. His second loss was to Akihiro Gono. He beat Hector Lombard. And then he lost to King Mo. And then, okay, I want to see something. He has seven losses in total, right? One. Two. Three. You want to know how many of those were in the UFC? Three. Can I tell you guys something else? If he would have stayed in the UFC, he would have gotten a title shot. But he wasn't happy with the contract. And I guess Bellator offered him something better. So he went there. And then he lost to Rafael Lovato Jr. Which was his last loss. And he's on a three fight win streak. Which includes. A, a, a win over Leona Machida. 
he beat Douglas Lima and he just beat John Salter. Point saying this, if Austin Vanderford gets past this guy, cemented legacy, you just beat a legend. 48 and 7. How old is this guy? How old is Gegard? Gegard's only 36. I mean, I say only and having that many fights, that's a lot. Um, I believe he's at the tail end of his career, but the dude can still fight. He's still one of the best in the world. So point being, if Austin gets through him, Austin's legit. Liam McCord fights Sinead Kavanaugh. And then the one I really want to see is Hassan Magomedsharipa versus Jose Sh Sanchez. Okay, that does it for Bellator. Let's go to UFC. Okay. I see one. Two. There's three fights that jump off the page. Terence McKinney versus Faraz Zahai. Ziam. Ferris, not Faraz. Sorry, Ferris. Ziam. Armin Sarukanam versus Joel Alvarez. Ji Young Kim versus Priscilla Katoria be a warrior. Misha Krina Krikonov versus Wellington Turnman. And then of course the main event. I said three. There's this fight card is phenomenal. The Terrence McKenney Faris Ziham. That's prelim, so if you want to catch that fight, tune in early. The one that should have been co-main event is Armin versus Joel. That is a crazy fight. I hope Joel makes weight. Because this guy is legit, but I need him to make weight. He wanted to step in for the main event after Benio Darius got hurt. But because he didn't make weight... I guarantee you that's why they didn't consider him. And they asked Bobby Green to do it. And Bobby said yes, but at 160. Again, going back to the Johnny Walker thing. You can't count out Bobby Green. Just because he's fighting Islam, who's a spitting image of Khabib with a little bit better striking from what I've seen. Do you guys not remember Islam got knocked out? I'm not saying Bobby Green is going to knock him out. But I'm saying is he, they're human. Yes, do they do they they have little to no error? He lost to Adriano Martins. Martins. Is this guy still in the UFC? Ah. What is Taruna MMA? Hmm. 
I don't know what that is. But that's where he's fighting. So he beat Islam. And then he won his next fight. He lost his next fight by split decision. And then he lost the following fight by knockout. And then he got released. This is Adriano, Adriano Martins. This is the only guy to ever beat Islam by knockout. He knocked him out. Point being is, Islam can be knocked out. What worries me with Bobby is that in this fight when Nazrat Haparest, what worries me is he fought going backwards a lot. That worked against Haparest, but if he's fighting backwards against Islam, what Islam is going to do is basically wait for him to get to the cage, and then that's where they do their best work. Bobby needs to control the middle. Again, I'm not a fighter. Maybe Bobby listens to this and be like, bro, look what I'm about to do to this guy. I don't know. But I believe in Bobby. And I'm not saying Bobby's going to win. And I'm not saying I'm rooting for Bobby. But I believe it's a closer fight than we all think. Because I know Bobby has good wrestling credentials. What if Bobby goes in there and knocks him out? Now, if Bobby wins... He deserves, at the very least, a top five opponent. Let me say that again. If Bobby the King Green wins, give him a top five ranked opponent, UFC. Please, give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Okay, I'm going to stop. Sorry, I'm being childish. But he deserves it. Don't come at me with saying that if he does not beat Islam Mahashev, the fighter that everybody wants to avoid, Bobby Green goes in there, beats him. Like, it can even be a split decision and Bobby wins. Top five guy next. Let's see, we're in February. If he wins, give him a top five guy in May. If he wins that. Give him one more guy in the fall. And then maybe if he wins that, you give him a title shot either in December or early next year. How old is Bobby? Bobby's 35. He's got a good two years left in him. The way he be fighting, he's got a good two years left in him. Now, on the flip side, if... Islam wins. And I saw a tweet going out that Justin said that, you know, if you beat Bobby Green, you don't get a title shot next. I don't think Justin said that. I think that was just an edit somebody made. Let me tell you something. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Because. How many fights has he won since he's lost? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fight win streak. You're telling me a ten fight win streak doesn't get him a title shot? Okay, don't give it to him. He's getting a top three guy in the fall. Actually, I think they like 
Islam so much, as long as he wins this fight, they'll give him a title shot. Because he was supposed to fight the number three guy, but unfortunately he got hurt. So the fact that you guys want to come at me and tell me, nah, he won't deserve a title shot after he beats Bobby Green, is disrespectful. And it's disrespectful to Bobby Green. Because the people saying that don't know the legend Bobby Green is. Bobby Green's an absolute legend. Go look at his record. Go look at his old fights. You you barely be hearing him because he 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 was one of those fighters that got in through the pandemic and was extremely active. And not that he got in because he's been in the UFC for a while, but he got in and he was one of those active fighters like Hamza, like Kevin Holland, like Danny Rodriguez. And they kept winning, winning, winning. So, of course, his name got out there, you know. Which I respect. But I've been watching Bobby Green for years. So, to tell me that Islam Mahashev, if he beats Bobby Green, doesn't deserve a title shot. You're disrespecting Bobby as a great opponent. In my opinion. Okay, that's it for the fights. And then... We got a little bit of news. I'm going to read the whole thing. If you want to read the whole thing, go to MMA Junkie. What's the official title of this article? David Fieldman announces trailer majority stake acquisition of Bare Knuckle FC. Bare FC has a new majority stakeholder. On Wednesday, the founder of promotion, David Fielder, announced that Triller, a social media company that has expanded into the promotion of boxing and other combat sports, has acquired a majority stake of BKFC. My understanding of this is that if you're a majority stakeholder, you go, it goes as you say. Because then this article goes on to say... Their knuckle fighting championship will remain as is, Fieldman said. We will be self-sustained as far as operations continue. The fighters, everything, nothing is really going to change in the operations of bare knuckle fighting championship. We're now just going to have more assets, more resources, and more possibilities. Yeah, they say that to you, but once they get in there and start saying, Hey, we should do this. Can you really stop them? Because if they're the majority holders now, I'm no stock expert. I'm really not. It's it's their show. And we all know how I feel about Triller. So the fact that I'm even talking about this is getting me angry. Can you get... It's because I already see it. I already see it. First of all, I hope, I hope the fighters are going to get paid well. I really do. I don't believe this operations will remain as is for a second. I don't believe that for a second. So he's basically saying they're going to be a silent partner. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. 
Did you see what those bosses did after? <laughs> Vitor knocked Evander Holyfield out in an exhibition fight. Did you see what they did? One million dollars for who did they say? Canelo, one point five for Jake Paul. What? Are you guys businessmen? Are you owner? Are you glorified fans that you just saw? A dude that is on the juice. I'm sorry, Vitor. We all know you are. And I love you. But we all know you're on the juice. Knock out a man in his... I want to say mid to late 50s. Possibly in his 60s. I'm going to look it up. And you're saying nonsense like that? And you're going to be a silent partner in bare knuckle fighting championship? Give me a break. Give me a break. Like, I don't believe that paragraph for a second. It might hold some truth. I'll tell you this. If within six months, I don't hear anything that operations have changed, I will do another episode and apologize to Triller, who I am not the biggest fans of. Evander Holyfield is 59 years old. Oh my god. How did the flu First of all, Florida State Athletic Commission. I understand. Florida has this reputation of things. I understand. But how in God's name do you sanction an exhibition fight with a 59 year old man compared to A 44-year-old man that has known the Jews. How do you sanction that even though it's an exhibition and no headgear and you let him blitz him? Are you kidding me? And I'm still upset, more upset at the fact that he's going, $1 million, Jake Paul. He said, this wasn't Vitor either, like, I want to make it very clear, I'm not trying to call Vitor out, it's the owners of Triller, (laughs) why am I talking, see, hold on, I need to breathe, I don't like talking about Triller, I don't like them bro, sorry, I really don't, and I know I shouldn't say those things, but I don't, I need to breathe. Did Vitor stop TRT? Let's see what it says. Vitor Belfort stopped using testosterone replacement therapy after the Nevada State Athletic Commission banned the treatment in 2014. Is he on it now? Probably. Have you guys seen how jacked he looks ever since he left the UFC? You guys seen it? Because I've seen it. TRT Vitor is the best. But still, a 44-year-old man known to do the juiced. Went in there and blitzed basically a 60-year-old man. Come on, bro. Like, the fact that people are supporting Triller surprises me. I know I shouldn't be saying these things that I'm saying, but... Just how I feel, so I want you guys to know. So, if I ever go somewhere, I bet you Triller's not gonna like me. 
59 years old to 44 years old. Oh my god. What else is on there, bro? Freaking thriller. Um. So you know the whole thing with Francis Ngannou? Um, David Fieldman says that if Francis becomes... Let's see. Should Francis Ngannou become a free agent and no longer be under contract from the UFC? Fieldman says they plan on making him an offer. We might be able to get two other free agents that are coming up, probably announced in the next two, day or so. They are still under contract or we would announce it right now. I don't want to mess them up, Fieldman said. About Ninganu on the MMA hour. Pretty big names, but we're going but we are going after the biggest. So we will see what happens there. The biggest name in free agency. I'm not sure if he's out of the window yet, but we are definitely gonna make a play for him. I mean at this stage you are talking about money. If we can back that kind of money up, we are in the game. I don't think we are out of the game for anything, to be honest with you. The problem is, Francis and his manager have said, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. But if you hear anything they say, it's not about the money. Is it part of it? Yes. But the major part is, I want to go box. I want to be a world champion in boxing. So it's not all about money. Because I'm pretty sure the UFC had made him a glorious offer. and But he has aspirations to box. So we'll see what happens. And I got one more thing. And then we're going to do matchmaker. But I forgot to look that thing up. So give me two seconds. So Michael Bisping on his podcast, the Believe You Me podcast, says, "Looks like he's back on the juice." Bisping comments on Chad's steroid cream Mendes BKFC debut. So I believe Chad suffers from eczema, and they gave him this cream, and it contains some sort of chemical or substance that's banned by USADA. It should tell me right here. Um, that was off the top of my head. UFC veteran and three-time featherweight title contender Chad Mendes made a successful bare-knuckle boxing debut on Saturday. The 35-year-old team alpha male fighter took on a 155-pound bout against Joshua Alvarez and won via fourth-round TKO. Mendes, who competed at 145 in the UFC, appeared... Visibly bigger and bulkier as a BKFC lightweight fighter. And his new physique caught the attention of former middleweight champion and UFC Hall of Famer Michael Bisping, who had this to say in a recent Q&A session he did on his YouTube channel. Chad Mini Mendez, Chad Hand Cream Steroid Mendez, as he's known in certain circles, looks like he's back on the juice, doesn't he? Let's be honest, Bisping said. I don't know if they test in Bare Knuckle FC, but Chad Minnie Mendes wasn't looking so many. He was looking bloody jacked as F. The count did give 
props to Mendes' performance. But he had a great performance, so God bless him. What was it? A lunging left hook or a lunging right hook? Beautifully timed. It was nice. And then here we go. In 2016, Mendes tested positive for GRP6, a pesticide that is a part of a USADA banned substance list. He failed the drug test after later attributed to his use of skincare cream to treat his psoriasis. Despite admitting his wrongdoing, he was slapped with a two-year ban. Mendes returned to action in 2018 and went 1-1 after his second round TKO loss to Alexander Volkanovski at UFC 232. He announced his retirement from MMA competition at 33 years of age. He came out of retirement last August and signed a multi-fight deal with BKFC despite having three fights left on his UFC contract. So he has psoriasis. I thought it was eczema. Was wrong there. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I don't know. Can skin cream really give him that much benefit? Or was it just the extra weight? I don't know. But guess what? We're doing my mama matchmaker. We reached that time of the show, bro. I cannot wait. Let's do it. We're only doing UFC. Okay, we're going to start with the fights from this past weekend. Inner Jamal Hill is number 10. Nikita Krilov is going to fight this weekend. Jamal Hill and Vulcan Ozdemir had a little Twitter rant. I believe it says, were you impressed with Jamal Hill or... Let me see what it said because it was funny. Jamal Hill fires, no, issues a fiery response to Doubter Vulcan Ozdemir. My hands will change your life. Dang, Jamal Hill is riding major high after scoring his second win via first round knockout. But he is still not quite getting the respect he feels he deserves. Mainly in the post-fight interview, Hill called out anyone still doubting him, though it looked pretty undeniable in walking down and destroying Johnny Walker, longtime light heavyweight contender Volkan Ozdemir, remained unimpressed. Okay, so the original, the original post was from ESPN MMA, and it says, the hype is real. And then the caption they have, it's a picture of Jamal Hill. And the caption they have says, stop doubting me, start believing, it's real. That's a quote from Jamal Hill. And Vulcan, he responded with, I'm still not impressed. And then I believe Jamal Hill came back at him saying he'll change his life. Let me see. If Oldman was looking to get for a fight with this response, he surely found one. Sweet Dreams fired back quickly. Pretty much promising to beat Ozdemir's ass and lining up a match with the unbooked number eight ranked light heavyweight contender. I mean, that's understand. This is a tweet from Jamal Hill responding to Vulcan Ozdemir. I mean, that's understandable with the brain damage you took in your last two fights. One against the guy making his debut. The guy he is talking about is Yuri Prochatska. So, 
I understand he's trying to diss him, but that's not a diss. Sorry. Iprochatska is the man. My hands will change your life. Think it's a game and F around and find out. So, there's that. You do them. They're already talking some stuff. You do, you do that and... And do that. Let me see. Do that in June. Because I know that June card is kind of uh, whatever because it's right before International Fight Week. Or you could put them on International Fight Week. They like to stack that card. Make them one of the pay-per-view fights or have them headline the prelims. Because they always stack that card. Johnny Walker. Where is he? This guy's probably going to have to fight down. He's either going to fight J Jimmy Crude or Ian Kutislava. Kyle Dacus wants to fight on that March Cincinnati card. Is he, is he ranked? I don't know what weight class he's in. I don't know if it's middleweight or... Yeah, it is middleweight because he fought Kevin Holland. I have a question. How is Kevin Holland ranked, but Kyle Dawkins isn't? That's a crime. Oh, because it was considered a no contest? Is that correct? That's correct, right? It's considered a no contest. Yeah, no contest. So he didn't, technically, he didn't beat him. Dang, that sucks for Kyle Dacus. Um, but yeah, because the problem is, that, like I've said, I believe last weekend I said it, that a lot of these fights are already booked, so we're not going to be able to know. Because I believe they're already working on the fall cards. So... We'll see soon, bro. Because I know Leon's going to probably fight Usman. Nate wants to fight Dustin. I don't know who Connor's going to come back and fight, but Connor's coming back this year. We still have Jones' name getting thrown out there constantly. But yeah, guys, that's all I got for you guys. Um. The YouTube videos are coming. I'm going to record two. And I'm going to have them out either by Saturday or Sunday. Okay. I've watched the Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker fight three times. And I'm going to watch it one more time. Just to make sure I have everything right. Okay. I promise, guys, it's going to be great. Alright, deuces, guys. Have a great day.